So it's all about people. It's all about people because people are doing everything. I'm not the one doing everything. People are doing everything. So my job is to make sure that I give them everything I could possibly give them to put them in the best possible position to be successful every single day. are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million-dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up. As you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reach success in their fields, and most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli the Real Estate Guy. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Eli, the real estate guy. And thank you all so much for coming in and watching another episode of the Your First Steps podcast. Uh, when you're talking about uh, business structure, leadership, and strategy, I couldn't think of a better person to have on today's episode than James Lewis. James, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing real good, man. I appreciate you appreciate you having me, man. That's yes. a pretty, pretty strong introduction. Hopefully, I can live up to that. Awesome, awesome. Cool. I definitely appreciate it. Um, and for the few people that may not know who you are or what you do, uh, kind of introduce yourself, let them know uh, who you are and some of the things that you've done. Yeah, so um, I have a, uh, a consulting company, really, is what I do. And, and I, I help businesses. Uh, typically, my customers have at least four employees. Um, and it, it, the best way to describe what I do is, is to describe my customer and their experience. So uh, here's what happens with my customer. So they start a business and hopefully you have some success. If you start a business, then you have to hire some people. Um, and, and a funny thing kind of happens after you start to have um, more success, um, the, the, the business grows and then you have to hire more people. And your focus has to change. Right. The things you focus on when you just start a business are all about the nuts and bolts of your business. And the things that you have to focus on when you have a successful business are the people. Right. Um, your job is really to develop the people, the, the people develop the business. Um, and, and that's where I come in. Um, I help people really make that transition and understand what skill sets they need to, um, number one, develop in themselves, and then number two, develop in their people, um, and then how to put some structure and some process to the things in and around their business. Um, and, and that's, that's what I do. So, um, awesome. Awesome. yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you for uh, doing that. So um, I first saw you on Clubhouse and um, we got to see more of you as uh, we entered, um, my wife and I, as we got into the uh, mentorship uh, with uh, uh, Otis. And something I just kind of noticed what your role was in the process is basically making sure everything is structured, making sure everything runs smoothly. And uh, once I realized, okay, yeah, you're a business strategist, this is what you do, this is what, uh, this is what basically your calling is when it comes to helping people get to the next level. It's a, before we scale, let's make sure that we're scaling on, you know, bedrock instead of sand, basically. And so that, that's sure. something that I, I, I picked up. But um, I remember when we went to the mastermind, that's when I really got a chance of watching you really do your thing and explaining different concepts of business. And we'll get to that, um, which, because I, I think it was really uh, interesting. And uh, there's times where I find myself just referring back to that mastermind and it's thinking about like, okay, I remember when he drew this on, on the board. I remember when he's sure. talking about urgency and, and important. I'm like, so we'll, we'll get to all that, at which which is really awesome. But 
I want to start off by uh, going to your your childhood, uh, right? So, uh, you know, back when you were a kid uh, and the the Lewis household, the household, which you spelled Lewis wrong. I mean, you, you do L E W is L O U I S, but you know, whatever. So here's the thing, brother. Uh-huh. Last names is L E W I S, man. That's uh, a last name. If that makes if that makes you sleep better at night, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so when it comes to your childhood, what was it like growing up in your household? Uh, that's a great question, man. So, um, I, I had it. Um, I didn't have an amazing childhood. I think that's kind of part of my story, which is which is why I think I'm able to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of grew up in just around just a ton of dysfunction. Um, you, you know, I I, I had really awesome people who had good hearts, right. But didn't have a lot of tools, um, you know, and so they didn't impart those tools to me. I was, uh, my, my mom died, uh, before I was two years old. Uh, you know, my dad was addicted to everything under that you could be addicted to. And so I was raised by my grandparents who had already raised nine kids. And then they had me and my cousin. So we were, we were 10 and 11 and they were old. And so, um, and so I didn't have a ton of direction, uh, when I, when I was younger, um, I was really close with, uh, I will say this, I, you know, I have a really close bond with my cousins. My cousins are like, for most people, my cousins are like my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, my, uh, my mom and two of her sisters married my dad and two of his brothers. Right. So we're first cousins on both sides of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were really close and we actually lived next door to each other. So I lived at my grandparents' house. And then one set uh, of on uncle, my cousins lived on one side and the other lived on the other side. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, were, were really close. But, you know, I was just out running the streets, man, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. So what, what was that? So when you say running the streets, what, what do you mean by, by that? Like, just just what, what, what does that look like? If you want to share some. Because I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard the deep breath. I'm like, you don't got to share everything. Just yeah, no. So I was uh, the one thing I was I was a, I was kind of a nerdy kid, so I wasn't out doing a whole bunch of you know illegal stuff or nothing like that. Right, that just right. wasn't my mo. But um, but I was just out, man, with no gotcha. no adult supervision. So I would just be out until you know twelve, one o'clock at night when I was eleven, twelve. Oh, gotcha. You know? gotcha. Uh, right, right. Uh, doing yeah. nothing. I wasn't doing anything. Right, just, right, right, right. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Cool. 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 You know what you want to right <laughs> right exactly i feel you so uh kind of transitioning into uh say around uh high school uh into uh, adulthood what was that transition like what jobs did you have uh wh- how were you as a student uh and just what was that time period like yeah so i was a horrible student man i i, I like I was great while I was at school. Right. Mm-hmm. So everything that happened at school, I did a fantastic job. Right. All the tests, all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, uh, as soon as I got home, though, that school was over. Right. So <laughs> I didn't do any homework and nothing like that. Right. Uh, you know, I, w- I will say this, man. You know, I, I, one of the things that I believe firmly and I, my life's kind of a demonstration. I think that God gives everybody gifts. Right. Um, but he also gives everybody challenges. Uh-huh. And I think. I think one of the things that you can find some success if you learn how to leverage your gifts and work around your challenges, right? And and find other people who can support your challenges. And one of the gifts that God gave me, I was always a bright 
person, mm-hmm. right? I was just smart. Um, and so I, that's just lucky. Gotcha. gotcha. And so, you know, I tell people this part of my story often because I, I, I hope to inspire people. Like I dropped out of high school when I was 16, bro. Right. You know, uh, I told you I had no direction, right? So right. I dropped out of high school. I got a couple jobs. My first job was is working at a pizza place. Right. My second job was also working at a pizza place. Gotcha. Um, so you're a big pizza um, fan? Is that I what it is? Pizza every single day. Nice, nice. Uh, so you know, that's that's just kind of how I started my work career. And I just the, the one thing my grandfather really did teach me is how to work hard uh-huh. and so i worked my way up at every job i had since i was a kid and 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 that's how i learned everything that i know gotcha gotcha and so uh going from uh working at the the different uh well actually let me ask you this so dropping out of high school i know that's not something that you just woke up one day and was like all right it, you know today is the day so what was the thought process as you're leading up to that because i've i've uh, I've heard of people dropping off, uh, dropping uh, uh, out of high school, but um, whenever you hear about it on the end, it's usually uh, you know certain entrepreneurs that end up doing other things, but you don't hear about the the people that didn't uh, become things. Uh, it's always from when I hear it, it's a dropped out of high school because I felt like I was ready to go and some hard times, learned some lessons, bumped my head, and then uh, progressed. So, what led to that decision of All right, I think I'm done with high school? Yeah, honestly, it was it was really a practical decision. So I was 16 years old. Um, I was getting ready to have a kid, um, and I was so far behind in credits because because I hadn't paid it. You know, I hadn't, like I told you, I didn't do anything at right. school, right? right. Um, if you don't do your homework, you you get Fs. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't exactly. get, you don't get credit for the classes, right? right so. Right. You know, like, hey, you're really smart, so I'm going to give you an A. I actually did have a teacher do that once. He's what? like, you're, you, you should fail this class, but I can't fail you, and I'm going to, so I'm going to give you a B. That's what I got. Oh, wow. but, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, I was so far behind. I was like, okay, I was going into my senior year, but I had like sophomore credits. <laughs> gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. I'm like, I'm not going to stay here for two more years, and I got, I got a kid coming, so I'm right. just going to go get a job. That a hey, I, I, that that does make sense. I feel you. I feel you on that. All right, cool. So uh, you went from uh, the initial jobs that you had. Uh, you have uh, so you now have a kid, and I'm assuming everything was peachy at that point, or was it a oh here we go? It's gonna get tough. Like what was that that road like? Because uh, now you're you're a kid with a kid. So what was that that period of your life like? Yeah, to be honest, man, it really wasn't that bad. Like, to be honest with you, um, that's pretty funny that 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 part of my life, I look back on fondly. So um, I told you I worked hard. So I always had three or four jobs. Always. I always. So I always had a good out for my age. I always had good money. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I had three or four jobs, full time jobs. Right. Like I would go get two full time jobs and then work and then try to find two part time jobs. Like I. What was I? What else was I doing? I wasn't doing anything, right? Gotcha. So I was like, I'm, I might as well be working and making money. Right, right. So, so I always had a little, little bit of money when I got older, which was great because when I was younger, I, did, I was always broke. Uh-huh. Um, you know, um, yeah, man, I, that's that's kind of it. Like I, that's, that's all awesome. I can say. I think that's awesome. The, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I had fun. So, so that so, and, and that's a lesson in that uh, to where. Whenever you did drop out, it wasn't you basically twiddling your thumbs to say, oh, no, I have to get out here and get it. Yeah. 
And so, in, in fact, one, one of the things I often tell people about that that I think is a really good lesson uh-huh. is I understood education was important, but I also understood I wasn't going to get it the traditional way. So, so I, so I started finding alternative ways to get education. So I would learn as much as I could at work. Back then, seminars were big, so I would look up seminars and take all kinds of whatever I just thought was important. I, I, I would take a sem- I would take communication seminars, I would take business seminars, management skills seminars, um, and then I would take you know classes. I would go to the junior hall. Like one of the things I, I I realized, if you open up a college catalog, they have this thing called prerequisites, and I started reading the prerequisites, and then some of them said high school diploma, and some of them did not. So what I would do is I would take the classes that didn't say I needed a high school diploma. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I, I didn't even so, know. Although, yeah. I have, although I don't have a college degree, I've taken lots of college classes nice. and I took them with purpose. Right. right? Like I, I took a business law class because I wanted to understand business law. I took a seminar on how to start a business. I took a management skills class. I took accounting classes. I took political science classes because I really love political science. In fact, I was so good at that that I tutored political science. Nice. So, so yes, I dropped out of high school. That didn't stop me from getting an education. I love it. I love it. That That's that's huge. And and that's something that, uh, uh, like I was saying, it, it just kind of goes to show, regardless of what circumstance you're in, um, you went with purpose and understanding like, okay, uh, knowledge and information and education is important, but I don't have to do it through this particular way. So, um, and where I'm going with this is when it comes to education, of course, everybody understands education is important, but the way that you did it uh, was you were very intentional with going to seminars uh, and paying for, for your education. And personally, I wasn't someone who was comfortable paying for my education until maybe about like four years ago uh, to where it's like, okay, I'm stuck. I can't get out of this spot. Maybe I, let me pay somebody because I, I've looked at enough YouTube videos. I feel like I, like I see what I could see for free. Now, let me pay for this. And as soon as I start paying for my education, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, whoa, I, I, I went past this barrier. And so yeah. where did that come from? That, that, that uh, moment of, oh, if I want to learn, I have to invest, invest in my education. Where did that come from? Yeah, so so some of it I just understood. I mean, I understood because of everything my teachers had ever told me and people in my family that education was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I got to find a way to get educated. So let me figure out how I can do that, right? right? And 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 so part of it was that. But I but I will say that understanding grew in my professional career in this way. Um, as I grew in my career, I became responsible for others' learning. And so as a professional, when you're responsible for others learning, I then have to learn how to teach adults. And, and there's some things specific about teaching adults that's different than teaching to children. And one of the things they teach, teach you about adult learners is they, they teach you, you have to have what's called a with them, right? What's in it for me with them. Really important. Adult learners really need this. And this is why what you're talking about with the pain comes into play. So with adult learners, if they don't make a connection as to why this is important for them, how this is going to help them in their lives, they don't they won't do it. They won't pay attention to it. So you've always got to communicate that with them. One of the things that happens when you as an adult 
find something so important that you're willing to pay for it is that you understand the with them. It's already instilled in you. You know what you're going to get out of it. And you're so invested in it that you paid your own money for it. That's why it's more effective. Man. Okay. So, all right. Th- this is part of what I'm talking about. You went to the mastermind. You start breaking down things. I get excited. And I'm like, whoa, th- this, is, this is part of the good stuff right here. Because I never really thought about the difference. And, of course, you, you, you somewhat think about it. But the difference between teaching um, a child versus an adult. To me, I feel like there are times to where I would basically teach it. And I'll try to, in so many words, dumb it down to where it's like I made it simple for you to understand. But now with what you're saying, it's better to not only make it simple, but also allow the people to understand this is why you should learn it. So now it's not just a homework assignment. It's a, oh, no, I'm reading this with a purpose. So that, that's yeah, in huge. Fact, in, fact, in fact, you should start with that, right? If you're, if you're in the position of teaching adults, you should always start with the with them. Hey, guys, here's why we're learning this today. Here's the impact it's going to make on you. And to make it even more effective, it's better if it doesn't come from you. If you can get the people you're trying to teach to verbalize how it's going to help them, and then you ask them to think of examples, so now they're visualizing how it's going to help them, boom. Now you got to whip them, and now you can teach them what you want to teach them. I love it. I love it, man. That that's huge. So uh, as you worked in your uh, career, you went into uh, different points of leadership. So what are some uh, leadership positions that you had uh, as an adult? Um, what was your entry point, and what was your leadership um, uh, positions uh, in those jobs? Yeah. So I, every position I've had has been a leadership position since I was 19. So I'm 46 now. So you can do the math on how, how long that was. Um, so I think it's 27 years. Or 20, yeah. So, um, but I'll, I'll tell you about my first and then I'll, I'll tell you about my last. So the first was um, I, I got hired as a, as a temp. And that's, I, I call this my first real job. My first real job, I, I, I was working for this company called uh, Pana Pacific. And it was the largest distributor distributor of wireless products um, in the country. Okay, and so back then, if you're old enough to remember Motorola flip phones, yes. Okay, they, I know they just came back, but the very first Motorola right, flip right. phone. Um, this was the company that all of the stores bought them from. So if you were old enough to have bought a Motorola flip phone, mm-hmm. I may have touched it nice. because it came from the place I worked at. Nice. Okay. Um, so we had a, we had an admin staff and we had a warehouse staff. Uh, so the admin staff did all the admin tasks and the warehouse has staff literally processed the, um, uh, excuse me, the, the, the phones, we put them in boxes, boxes, packaged them and sent them out. Right. Um, so eventually I got promoted to lead both of those teams. Um, I don't know why he promoted me. I was 19. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But he really invested me. That that boss, his name was Colin Morlat, and, and I'll forever, forever grateful to him. Uh, he gave me a book. It was called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I've read that book probably 10, 15 managers who's ever worked for me. Um, and it was very powerful. What invested in me? He, he taught me how to understand the P&L right? And how to leverage expenses. He taught me uh, about leadership. Uh, he taught me all sorts of things about how to think uh, about business. And the things that he taught me 
I have used in every single job since. Awesome. Um, awesome. I love it. So, so, so I'll just touch on the, 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 the la actually, no, I won't touch on the last, I'll touch on the most complicated job I had. The okay. most complicated job, believe it or not, and I like to highlight this because, again, I want to inspire people, was working at Home Depot, believe it or not. Yeah. People do not understand what an amazing career they can have in retail and how much a career in retail can help them grow. Of all the jobs I've had, the most complicated and the most fun uh, was working at Home Depot. So at Home Depot, you have to understand there's 17 departments. That's 17 yeah. different businesses, right? That's 17 different leaders. I didn't even think about that. 17, so I know there's, can, can yes. you name them off? Oh my God, it's a long time ago. So there's, <laughs> okay. oper there's operations, there's receiving, there's uh, uh, kitchen and bath, uh, there's windows and blinds, there's doors, there's a uh, garden, which is the biggest one. There's the front end. There's asset protection, human resources, flooring, um, building and lumber. Um, I'm missing a couple. I guess paint is paint Elect like a electrical. <laughs> electrical. There's a few more. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. That, that's that's all. Cause what's interesting is you don't when you walk into the store, um, and I guess that's the the beauty behind the the machine and the the system is. You look at it as just one big thing. So you're just thinking about there's inventory that comes in, it gets sold, and it gets uh, you know uh, purchased. But at the end of the day, by you saying that there's 17, it's like, wait, hold on. So the key to having a successful system is making it so seamless to where it's just one flow of just uh, service. So yeah, yeah. Ex explain, I guess, explain um, when you were uh, in that system what are some of the things that you learn to make the process just flow? Uh, well, why don't I just start with the most important thing I learned? Yeah. So the most important thing I learned is that it is all about your people. It is all about your people. Mm -hmm. It's the most important thing. And here's the way to think about it. Um, and it leads back to what I started with. My job as the general manager, right, of almost 300 people, okay, uh, is... My first job is to develop the leaders because there's 40 leadership positions. My job is to make them the best leaders they could possibly be. Why is that important? Because their job is to lead everybody else in the store. And then everybody else's job is to make sure the customer's experience is the best experience possible and that the company is profitable. So it's all about people. It's all about people because people are doing everything. I'm not the one doing everything. People are doing everything. So my job is to make sure that I give them everything I can possibly give them to put them in the best possible position to be successful every single day. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I love it. I love it. And so uh, what are what are some of those things that you did to uh, help put them in the right position? So I know there's uh, I'm sure there's meetings that you all had. Uh, but are there like any secret sauce things that you did that? Yeah, um, you sure are. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there absolutely is. One is, and, and, and some of them are obvious. Okay, some of them are obvious, some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. But one that's not obvious to people is be transparent. Lots of magical things happen when you be transparent. And I'll give you some examples of what I mean by transparent. If you have a business and you have people working for you, show them the results of the business. Don't hide it. Let them be invested in the success or failure of the business. If you're transparent with business outcomes, 
the people working in your business will be more invested because they they've now they've got some skin in the game and they understand what's going on. It's a way to empower people as well. Right. Which leads me to another thing. Make sure you empower people. There's a difference between delegating something to somebody and empowering somebody. Right. Uh-huh. Empower delegating something is saying, hey, can you do this? Empowering is saying, hey, let me explain to you why this is important. And now I want you to be responsible for it. Make whatever decision you wish. I'm going to support whatever decision you come up with. If it's the wrong decision, we'll have a conversation about it and we'll think about how maybe we can change it in the future. But this is yours. Nice. Right. So so I think those two things are really important. The last thing I would say is. uh, And here's how I used to say it to to my managers. I used to always tell them, you got to love your people, man. You got to love your people. You got to make love to them. And I would say it kind of tongue in cheek, like I'm joking, right? Like you got to make love to your people, man. But I really mean it. You have to love them. And you can't fake it because they can tell. Right. Gotcha. You have to genuinely, genuinely be invested in, the, in who they are as people and their families. And if you care about people, then they'll make all sorts of excuses for your lackings because everybody has things that are lacking. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, if, and if they don't feel like you're invested, then when those things that you're lacking show up, everybody gets upset and they're less invested in the job now. Right. Right. But. If they know you really care about them and you're invested in them, then when those things show up about you, they'll they'll be easy on you. And they'll just kind of tell you, hey, man, you probably shouldn't do that. Right. Gotcha. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love it. So how long uh, did you work at Home Depot? Uh, almost 10 years. 10 years. And so uh, with you uh, going through that organization and, and learning a lot of the uh, information and learning more about leadership, um, what eventually... Uh, cause you to uh, want to just go full entrepreneurship and, and uh, you know, move on to the next level in life? Yeah, so I've always loved business. The thing that I liked about working for Home Depot and after that I worked for CarMax, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, but what I liked about working for Home Depot was such a complicated business that everything I could get out of having my own business, I got out of working there. Um, the reason I left there, though, is I was working 80 hours a week and work-life balance is important to me at this stage of my life. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Ultimately, work-life balance at this stage of my life, I'm divorced. I probably wouldn't be divorced if, if I didn't work 80 hours a week. Um, but at this stage of my life, I want work-life balance. Um, and that's what that's the biggest thing that leads me to, to and led me to, to, to start my own business. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so... Um, when you started your own business, uh, what did you see in the market, uh, that people really needed, uh, and what caused you to say, Hey, you know what? I can provide this, uh, for people. Yeah, that's a great question. So I didn't realize how lucky I was to work for these, you know, these fortune 50 companies, you know, like Home Depot, I think was 17 on the fortune wow. list, right? Um, I worked for CarMax, which is somewhere in the top 50 or top 100, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't realize how lucky I was because they have so much figured out already. Like they have teams and teams of people with all these initials in front and in, in the back of their names, <laughs> right? Right. right? Mm-hmm. And they have so much stuff that I just learned by working there, right? Because I was lucky. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize that most people don't experience that. Most people don't experience that level of structure. Most people don't experience that level of ingenuity. Most people don't experience that level of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Most people don't experience that level of process and engagement. 
um, it, I just took it for granted. And as I started to realize that 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 people out there who who have businesses have no that these things that to me are like commonplace to them are super foreign. Um, I felt like that was a way that I could really help people. Number one, improve the quality of their life, right? Because if they make their business easier to run, that they feel better, their quality of life is better, they're making more money, which also improves their life. And then one of the things that I think is really important to me, and I always talk about starting with your values, and one of mine is that employment is a noble cause, right? If you can create employment. So so, so the, where I'm going with that is if I can help people grow their businesses and hire more people, then I feel like I'm doing a good thing in the world because there's more jobs being created because I exist. Nice. Great. I love it. I love it. So uh, before we get into the, the seven rules of the successful business, uh, there was um, when we're at the mastermind, you were explaining uh, a situation where there's like the urgent versus, you know, important. And you gave the example of the Airbnb business. So uh, kind of e explain that and what I tell you, I've I've thought about that so many times since the mastermind, and it's like there's been times where it's like, oh, let me go run and do this. It's like, wait, hold up, is it important and is it urgent right now? Do I need to do that? It's like, no. If I do that now, then I won't have time to do this. So let me do that because I can push that to tomorrow, and I have more time. Like, so kind of explain that that whole situation because yeah. it, it it's it, it's it was it was awesome. Yeah. So ultimately, if you have a business. One of the most important things, and I know I always say the most important thing, but <laughs> one of the most important things is how you make decisions, right? Obviously, if you make bad decisions, your business is going to do bad. <laughs> if you make good decisions, your business is going to do good, right? And so one of the things I learned working at these places is that they have processes for how you make decisions. And so one of the processes that I was taught, right, and make, come up with this, I was taught this is and what you're really trying to do when you're making decisions is you're you're trying to combine prioritization with a mentality to get things done okay like you have to be somebody who gets things done right but you got to get the right things done and that's where the prioritization comes comes into play and so so here's how you prioritize what you have to do is you have to weigh Two things. You got to figure out two things and you have to understand that they're separate things. First is importance. All right. And so every time something comes up and you feel like, okay, something needs to happen, I need to do something. Right. Something you read something, you, you read an email, somebody sent you a text, or maybe somebody called you on the phone, or maybe you saw something that makes you say in your brain, okay, I need to make a decision in my business. This needs to get done. Okay, perfect. You have to say, is that thing important? Okay. And so the example you're talking about, I was talking about somebody running an Airbnb business. And in an Airbnb business, when when somebody move, rolls out and you have the next guest coming in, the apartment has to be clean. Okay. So as you can imagine, that's really important. Importance, the way you define importance is relevance. Okay. What's the impact? It absolutely has to get done. The apartment has to get clean. So there's nothing... From an important standpoint, the scale of one to ten, that's a, that's that's all. What well, is the ten? You call it a ten, like it's the most important, right? But then you have to ask yourself separately, how urgent is the thing that needs to get done? And urgency, urgency only speaks to time sensitivity. Okay, 
Um, and this is where, where people get confused. They get confused between urgent and importance. They're not the same thing. The only thing that urgency speaks to is a time sensitivity. So does this have to happen today or should it happen next week? Should it happen sometime this year? That's it. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to prioritize those things. It's easier to visualize, right? Because you, you put those two things together. Either things are important and they're urgent or they're important and they're not urgent or they're not important, but they're urgent or they're not important and they're not important. So you rank those one through four in the, in the way that I just outlined. Okay. And then every single time you have to make decisions, like if you could start your day, literally, and write down everything on your to-do list, and then you could categorize them. Everything that you wrote down on your to-do list, you could categorize. Is this an important and urgent? Is it important but not urgent? Blah, 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 right? One, two, three, four. So you name it. Okay, this is a one. This is a one. This is a three. This is a four. This is a two, right? And, so you, you, and, and then now you look at your list and you prioritize your list, okay? So the, the, the thing you combine that with is the mentality to get things done right away. The ones, they have to happen right away, uh -huh. right? And so the way you can, what I explained at the mastermind is now you have something called do, delegate, delete, delay, okay? So you look at it and you say, okay, is this something I can do right now? Me personally, I do it right now. Or is this something I can delegate to somebody else right now? So I can send an email, send, send uh, a text or whatever, call somebody, hey, can you do this? I'm delegating it right now. Or is this something that I, sh that maybe it's not, Maybe it's not urgent, so I can plan it. That's what delay is. Delay just means plan it, put it on your calendar. Okay, so it's not urgent. It's important, but maybe it's not urgent, so I'm going to delay it. I'm going to open up my calendar right now, and I'm going to put it on my calendar and plan it. Or you decide that it's it's not important and it's not urgent, so you delete it. it it's just, I'm going to ignore that. I'm not going to worry about that at all. Nice. So it's much easier to visualize than, than kind of explain, but I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and like I said, it... Uh, that was very impactful, and I know it is it's definitely going to benefit us uh, as we move forward. And um, and I'd love to see a lot more uh, lessons of yours um, uh, as you uh, you know maybe have different rooms on uh, on Clubhouse uh, or just overall presentations that you'll do on these different structures. And what what's interesting is you you uh, bring up the basically being lucky that you're were a part of an organization that had structures in place of people that figured it out and they're able to show you systems. It reminds me of when, uh, for a little, a little while, I actually sold makeup uh, for a company. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah, and um, this company, they, um, so this was back when I was living in Dallas and it's a long story, but basically I was uh, looking for a job at the time uh, and they're like, they work with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, there's a different uh, organization that works with uh, the makeup section. So I'm like, all right, I want to work with the Mavericks, so let me do that. But once I got in, it was like, okay, well, we got you on makeup duty. And I'm like, wait, whoa, I don't want to sell makeup. Like, <laughs> like I, I thought I was going to do the, the Maverick stuff. And so it was like after they did that, they said, well, we already got that spot uh, full. But by uh, selling makeup, it's going to be worth it. You're going to learn a lot about sales. And in my mind, I was looking at it from a standpoint of like, okay, I got this sales job because I need to learn about sales is going to teach me about people. And right. I went in with that intention. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, I didn't think there was going to have me selling makeup uh, to do that. And so as we went in, um, I remember every day before we went out, we would have our lessons. Uh, and they would just show different lessons of different like 
uh, you know, concepts of sales, uh, identifying different personality types, um, learning how to create like anticipation and um, uh, like impulse buying uh, and just all these different things that they taught. And yeah, I, yeah. I just remember like, like to this day, I still have the journal that I took notes in uh, from from that. And every now and then I'll just go back and I'll be like, this is, I, I, like you said, I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to be in that sales position because it helps me with wholesaling. It helps me with being able to you know speak with different motivated sellers, identify personality types, know when to push, know when to back off, and it's it's been it's been huge uh, to to be a part and, of personally. And just as a guy selling makeup, right? Like to be successful at that, the things that you're talking about, right? Matching you know the the, the customer profile and all that sort of stuff and mm -hmm. personality, right? You there's a lot of a, the adaptation that you have to do to be able to do that successfully. That's what what a great job, what a great yeah. opportunity to learn. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely great. So. Um, going into the seven rules of a successful business, um, ex explain those those, uh, those different uh, rules uh, that, that you have for that. Yeah, so the way to think about it is a threat, right? Um, because these aren't things that aren't, they're not steps that you do this and then you do this and then you do this. It, it's really a threat that that all works together, and and certain actions that you take leverage multiple at one time. But if you can really live and breathe these and have these installed in everything that you do in part of your business, you're guaranteed to have success. And, and, the, and where I got these is just making observations from the most successful companies in the world. Some of them I was lucky to work for. They all have these in place. Right. And so the first one is um, starting with your values. If you look at the, literally the most successful companies in the world. If you look at the, for, you know, the, the Fortune 100, you go to their websites, I promise you they have a page dedicated to their values, I promise, right? I don't even have to look, I just know. Right. All of the most successful in the com com companies in the world understand that, they teach it, they understand, hey, we have to do things with our values and there's some powerful things that happen when you do that. It's really about attracting people. Remember what I talked about earlier, people are the most important thing. Why? Because everything is about people. Your employees are people. Your customers are people. Your vendors are people. Everybody is people. Mm -hmm. And when you lead with values and when you do things and you install that, that, that your values um, are, are kind of living and breathing in what you do, you naturally attract people who are in line with your values. So your customers are going to be in line with your values, which is going to make them more loyal, which is going to make them spend more. Okay. Your employees are going to be in line with your values, which is going to make them uh, be more invested in what you're doing as a company, and it's going to make them work harder. Okay, okay. your vendors are going to be in line with your values, so they're not going to do things stupid out there that that you're not going to agree with, right? Right. So, so starting with your values and installing your values in everything you do is really, really important. Okay. Uh -huh. Um. So, so I always start there. The second, the second one is process plus behavior equals results. So this is how this was taught to me. Think about it like a math problem. Okay, this is a math problem that literally solves every single business problem that there is. Okay, there, there are no exceptions. If you say, hey, I'm having a problem selling this. Okay, do you have a process in place? Do you have you identified what behaviors support that process? Because once you do those two things, the results are automatic. Okay, gotcha. 
Um, so if you think about your your makeup selling job, for example, I know that there was a process for how you talk to customers, right? Absolutely. Is it, is it, is it right? So it so you put those thing, things together, the results are automatic. So that's really important. Number three, build a team. Okay, and that just goes back to what I talked about before with people, right? Everything you do through your people. After you build your team, number four, you develop them through competencies. So every single job on the planet has competencies, which is just a set of behaviors that you leverage to be successful. The example I give so that people can really visualize this is think about a preacher, okay? A preacher leverages the competency of communication. And as you can imagine, if you're a preacher, and you're not a very good communicator, there's not gonna be a lot of people in your church. Right, right. Okay, so as you develop your communication skills, you automatically become a better preacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I say to people, it's not about the thing, it's about your professional proficiency at the thing, okay? So if you develop the skills and the behaviors that that are that are that you leverage to be successful for a particular role on your team, your team automatically gets better than for your business automatically gets better. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number five is one of the most important ones. Business good business decisions are made based on data. They're not made based on emotion. The reason that's important and the reason that's a two-part sentence is natural human tendency is to make decisions based on emotions. Okay. And, and the, it's also also important to understand how the mind works and how the mind makes connections. So you do a thing, okay? And what the mind remembers is, hey, we kind of did this thing and it seemed to work, so let's keep doing that thing, right? But that's not how you make decisions, okay? That's, that's the most, you have to look at data. And what does the t- data say that you should do or should not do? Okay, good business decisions are made based on data, not emotion. Um, six is you got to have a plan. You have to have a plan, period. Everything you do, you have to have a plan. That's how you get execution, right? So, you, you want, for example, if you have a team and you want to lead that team, hand them your plan and say, all right, everybody, let's get behind this plan, right? If you don't have a plan, what are they going to get behind? So having a plan is really important, okay? Uh, and then the last thing, accountability delivers results, okay? And so the, the way to think about that is, uh, are you sure you've probably heard, you know, inspect what you expect, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. That stuff is, is it's all true, man. It is all true, okay? The things that you shine a flashlight on though, and the things that you pay attention to, those are the things that are going to improve. You have to have accountability in your business. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So um, with that, and, and, you know, you touched on the process uh, plus behavior uh, equals uh, predictable results. So, um Let's just say they're, uh, and you kind of touched on this. If someone they have a a business uh, to where it's not running as efficiently as it as it should, so your your whole process of first dissecting their business is going to that formula, uh, basically the process, behavior, and results. So that's where you start off at, basically. No, where where I start is I evaluate them, and so the first thing to understand is who they are and how they make decisions. So I have people take a pro, pro, uh, a personality profile, mm. um, and there's a lot of them out there. The one I use is called it's uh, it's called Strengths, right? It's literally called Strengths.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I use that one is it's very simple to understand. Some of them out there are, are really complicated, and they don't need to be that complicated, to be honest with you. Right. 
Um, so this one's color coded, like you're either red or blue or yellow or green. That's it, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, and so it's not a, not a ton to remember, but it's it's very predictive, mm-hmm. right? If you're red, for example, you're a person who's very direct, right? You want things done right now. It, it says a lot about how you communicate. Um, and so that's where I start is understanding who the decision makers are and how they go about making decisions, because that's going to help them and help me um, teach them and grow them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So um, if someone wants to uh, use your services uh, and really get uh, mentored by you and uh, have their business dissected and grow, what's the best way to get in contact you uh, with you uh, for, for that? Uh, email me, james at letjameshelp.com. There you go. Simple enough. Uh, and I will make sure that that's at the bottom. So James at Let James Help. Yep. And then my uh, my Instagram, if people want to add that, my Instagram is also Let James Help. Let James my help. website is also LetJamesHelp.com. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Simple enough. All right, cool. So uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, we uh, met each other on Clubhouse. Uh, and so Clubhouse has been, uh, it's been a great app. It's been a great way for people to connect. Uh, and I've never seen none like it before uh, to where uh, and the, the best way I could describe it, I heard so many people say this, is you can't delegate uh, Clubhouse. You can't have a virtual assistant post your voice notes. It's like you have to be on stage uh, and you have to actually be talking. And something that uh, I touched on when I was speaking with uh, uh, Otis, he was explaining how uh, you know, basically people can sense the, the BS basically. And what I've noticed uh, while I was on the app is there are some folks that were there to uh, share knowledge because they just love sharing uh, what they're sharing. But then there's other folks that were uh, concerned about getting followers. So you'll see them hop in like, hey, I'm here. I got things for sale. I'm out. And, they're, and you see them jumping from room to room to room. But uh, you guys have been very consistent with like, okay, we're not jumping from room to room. This is the room that we're doing. And if you see me in another room, it's because I'm in another room, not because um, I see that there's 10 hot rooms right now and I, I got to touch all of them. So first, what, what, uh, how did you find out about Clubhouse first? Oh, Otis. Um, Otis was on Clubhouse and then he sent me a text. He's like, dude, you got to get on Clubhouse. This, this is awesome. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, th- that's how I found out about it. And then I got on uh, after him and just kind of started listening to people and kind of figuring out, you know, where I fit in. Gotcha. And so uh, with figuring out where you fit in, what, what attracted you to staying on the app? And, and once you actually start uh, using it, what did you what did you see uh, when you were there? And when did you realize, like, oh, I could really help out some people here? What I really love is I love the interaction that you have. So. In the forums in my career, um, there's, there's been a lot of time where I'm teaching people in a group forum, and Clubhouse feels very similar. It's, and when, when I'm doing that, that's very interactive. Right. And so I love the fact that on Clubhouse, people get to get on stage and they can ask a question or they can talk about something they did, and I can listen to it and I can say, well, hang on, I, I understand that, um, that, that issue that you're talking about. Here's how I, I think maybe you can think about it. Right. And so I love the two-way interaction. I think that's 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 fantastic. It's very unique to Clubhouse, mm-hmm. because it's also it's instant, instant, right? It's a conversation. Right. Um, you know, it's not like 
you know, messages, you can take the time to craft it and make sure, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but in Clubhouse, you really get to have that instant inter- interaction and dialogue with people. And that's what I love about it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. And so uh, at this point in the podcast, what we do is we talk about three books that uh, would help people in their journey. So in terms of leadership uh, and business structure, what are three books that you would recommend uh, people read if they want to be a better leader? Yeah, so the first one is absolutely um, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. If, in fact, for me, if I had a top five, the first three are seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And 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 the reason I say that is, I have often gone back to that book throughout my life, and it's a book that seems to grow with you. You know, uh-huh. um, how, wherever you're at in your journey as a leader, um, in your journey in life, and, and and not just leadership in business, but leadership in your life, there's something in that book that's going to speak out to you in a different way than how you read it before. You know, I mean, even though they're the same words. Yeah. And so I, 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 it's absolutely my number one recommendation. There's a reason I bought it for every manager ever, who's ever worked for me. Nice. Um, the second one is called true North. I can't remember the name of the author. Um, um, but um, it's about finding your authentic leadership style. Um, and I think that's really important. Even, even, even as I've helped people develop their communication, this has also been a good book because it's important to communicate from an authentic place. Uh-huh. Um, but if you can really start to figure out and put some, some effort and energy into knowing who you are and how that's molded you in your perspective as a leader, it really helps you be more of an effective leader because you can lead from an authentic place. Um, and so I highly, highly recommend that book. Uh-huh. Um, then the, the last one I, I would recommend, is, there's actually a couple. So I, I, here's the one I'll go with. I would say um, Start With Why um, by, by Simon Sinek. He talks about a lot of the things that I've talked about. None of the things he talked about sound or feel new to me because there are really things that I've been around and people have been teaching me for decades. Uh-huh. But I love the way he talks about it. He just talks about it in a way that's clearer and better than everybody else. Uh-huh. You know, start with why is powerful. Um, and so I, I, I would recommend that one as the third. Gotcha. Awesome. And if somebody wants to be a, a better leader, so they, they've started a business, they've never been uh, in leadership position before, or they've, they've been in leadership and they just, they, they need to improve. What are the first steps that you would say that someone should take in order to be, uh, become a better leader? So I'd say the first thing is read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I'd say that's the first thing. Um, I hate to sound repetitive there, um, but I'd say that's the first thing because you're going to learn a lot of things about how to do that. But the second thing, and this is just kind of a 1B, is recognizing that leadership is important. So like, if you're a person who wants to be a better leader, you're already halfway to, halfway there. It's funny, I met this guy on a plane uh, recently um, uh, to, to one of our events, um, and he was sitting next to me on the plane, and I don't know how we got into this conversation, but he was talking to me about how he wanted to be a better leader and how these things that he's doing to try to become a better leader. I'm like, oh, great, let's have a conversation. I love it. Um, but I said to him, I said, listen, man, the fact that you're so eager and hungry to be a better leader, you're halfway there, right? A lot of people are leaders, and they don't even know they're leaders. Like, they have 
they, they don't even recognize that it's a, that leadership is important. They just think people are supposed to. I had a manager once. I fired him actually for this. Yeah. I had a manager once who said they should follow me because I'm their boss. Said, no one's going to follow you because you're their boss. And right. the fact that you think that, that's exactly why they don't like <laughs> you, man. That's exactly why they're not going to follow you. Right. 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 So, mm-hmm. so my point is so many people are actually in leadership roles, but they don't understand that they're leaders. Right. Right. Um, so the so if you if you're in that state of mind that you're like, I want to be a better leader, man, you're halfway there. My hat's off to you. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. All right. So now uh, this is what we talk about. Uh, so this is our lightning round. Uh, so where I'm just going to ask you some questions. I ask a few questions and uh, answer them uh, to the best of your ability. All right. So uh, they're not hard questions. Uh, one, as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, yeah. I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a senator. Really? Okay. Explain yeah. that. Because that I I've love, never heard somebody say I, they want to be a senator. I love law. I okay. absolutely love law. Um, the, the, the law, just like math, by the way, is a language, and it's a language to describe things in a in a in a in a perfect way, right? And 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 it evolves, and um, it's just so fascinating. I think law is so fascinating. I always wanted to go to law school, uh, and I wanted to be a senator. So, yeah. gotcha. That's that's. I've never heard someone say they want to be a senator. That that's that's so specific. And that so I, I, I like that answer. I, I really do. All right. So, do you have any hidden talents? Any hidden what talents? Uh, hidden talents. Yeah. Yes, I have a really stupid talent. I have a couple actually. Okay. Um, but uh, I think the, the the one that I would just say is uh, the funniest is um, from the year I would say nineteen fifty to maybe two thousand five. I can listen to a song and I can tell you the year that it was made, even if I don't know the song, I've never heard it before. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that, that, that is kind of, so, okay. That's interesting because there was, so uh, my wife and I were at uh, some uh, spot getting food. We're, we're getting some, uh, uh, some, some Thai food uh, and they had this old song playing and I remember, you know, we're just kind of, you know, dancing around. And then it's like, oh, you know what? What do you think this is? Like, uh, you know, 1960s? And she's like, oh, I have no idea. Like, it, it could be anything. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so it could be 2010. You don't know. Like, 60s into that. It's the same thing. But it was interesting how I I know that every decade has a sound. But yeah. uh, I wonder. So, okay. But th- this is my question for you because, you know. Now, now, now you're talking yeah, about some yeah. interesting stuff. All right. Um, what, what was it? Like the sur- surfing in the USA, that, that, that song, right? Mm-hmm. Is that 60s or is that 50s? So that's, that's getting back to the, to the beginning. So that's, that's 60s. 60s, okay. Early early sixties. So here's why here's why it's tougher once you get into the sixties. Okay. When when in the seventies synthesized music came to be. Uh Okay. uh And we had all these synthesized electronic instruments. Uh And so sounds started to change every two to three years as they were trend. Uh The trend, Uh which is why 
I know the year because I know the trends and I know the actual instrument. So I can say, oh, that was made with a Kurzweil or, oh, mm. that was made with a with a with a with a Korg Triton or, oh, nice. that was made with with a Yamaha or a Roland or, oh, those are that's a that's a, a, a electric. Right. So um, so I can hear those subtle differences because I was so much into music. Right. Gotcha. In, in the 50s, we were, they were still just playing instruments. So it's it's harder to to know uh, in the '60s as well. It was really starting the, the late the late '60s and early '70s when that started. Gotcha. Got, so what got you into music? Um, so I was a music family man. Grandfather played the and so I was always listening to old school uh, big band music and jazz when I was a kid. I played uh, when I was like ten. Um, my dad took me to a music store and was like, hey, pick an instrument and we'll get you some music lessons. So I started playing the drums nice. uh, when I was 10. I was, I was in the band. So I told you I was nerdy, man. Right. I was in the band <laughs> when, I, when I was uh, in junior high school and high school. Um, so that, that's what it was. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very nice. All right, cool. I'm learning some stuff about you. Okay. Uh, and so the last one. All right. So this one, uh, the last one, I, I try to make it difficult. Sometimes people answer right away. I don't know. But... I really put some thought into this one, so so I, I want you to take your time. Yes, so, would you rather live the same two days ten times, or would you want to have the ability to see ten minutes into the future? Uh, do I get to pick the days? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like, I... Ask the question again. Okay, so have the ability. The same two days. So live the the same two days. So it's not a you can go back in time and live those two days from back there. It's a like today I can live today and tomorrow ten times, or at any moment in time I just can see what happens in ten minutes. Oh, I definitely want to know what happens in ten minutes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is that? Why, why would yeah. you rather do the ten minutes instead of the? That's it. Because the reason why I say this is it's the two days, 10 times in a row, and then it just continues from there. But you would rather the 10 minutes. Yeah, what is your reasoning for this? Yeah, absolutely. Because the first of all, I the same two days. Like that's, That sounds boring to me. I don't want to do right. that. Okay. Um, but, but if I can see far enough in the future, then I can make better decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you think about even just kind of what I do from a business standpoint, a lot of what I do is about being predictive. Right. And if you can if you can predict correctly, you can make really good decisions. There you go. Perfect. OK. Uh, and lastly, uh, some words of wisdom for someone who wants to uh, get into leadership. Uh, what would you say to, uh, to someone that wants to be a better leader? I had a really good boss. Uh, who drilled this into my head. It took him a long time, but I finally eventually got it. And he used to always say, James, it's not about you. It's not about you. James, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. And so that's what, I would, that's what I would tell. That's the words of wisdom I have. It's not about you. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you uh, so much for coming on uh, to this podcast. Uh, and you could uh, hang off a little bit. We'll talk a little bit afterwards, but I, I really appreciate you. And um, I look forward to uh, seeing some more of the masterminds and seeing some more of your presentations. And um, hopefully soon, uh, my wife and I are going to use your services, have you dissect the business and, you know, really uh, get into what we can do to be more effective. But thank you so much for coming on.
Awesome, man. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, brother. All right, awesome. I'm proud of you, by the way, man. I love see, love love the things you're doing, man. I'm very proud of you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Your First Steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review. And don't forget to subscribe.